Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And good morning, gardening friends. Our last show for the year. How's that? The team is here, Bev Daring and John Glidden. We are raring to go. 94841927 is our number. And if you'd like to send us an email, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Mischievous Ellen Simons cleverly selects music that we all love. And Ellen was assisted today by fellow gardener Peter Kelly. And Jim wrapped up the breakfast show with his cycling update just now. So thank you all, boys. Appreciate very much. Faye Caro, how's it all going? Very good. Good. It's exciting having a few days off, isn't it, coming up? Well, just a Christmas, uh, let me say, siesta. And, uh, yeah, 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 we just need to get our lives in order as well and a a little bit of a break. Not long to go, is it? A couple of weeks. No, and, of course, there is always going to be our podcast and we add to our podcast and we're doing a series, finishing off a series today, is it, with our chicken chat? And there'll be lots of people to listen to and go back on and reflect on over the year if they feel the need. But, yeah, it'll be... I know they will, Ray, because I know there's a lot of people that get to Saturday morning and the day is just not the same. Without their little garden Exactly. Hit. Yeah, yeah. So we are chatting with Megan Smith. Uh, now, she's a permacultural designer and more. We are talking chickens and keeping chickens in the backyard and we're going to discuss pests and diseases and issues around chickens and and looking after chickens in summer most important because they really do feel the heat well Uh, as do we all and it's been we've had our fair share of warm days having another Mm. week coming up yes sadly I I was just looking at that I was looking at the uh, forecast and I'm thinking oh we've gone up into the threes that's sad yes but anyway out of our hands and at five past nine Andrea Whiteley, garden consultant, uh, is going to have a chat with us about decking the halls with pots of holly and inspiration for Christmas. So that sounds very decorative. Well, I knew Andrea would be a perfect choice for that gig. Well, she she uh, has a lot of uh, friends in the US and I notice on Facebook, um, I'm on pages like Addicted to Gardening and people really, because I think the Northern Hemisphere, hemisphere have beautiful Christmases because the weather is different, you know, and they really go all out. They go all out with their decorating and it's just mind-boggling. Well, I've got a couple of baubles bouncing around in my house and and I think that'll do, you know, and it's just, uh, it is eye-opening and I am uh, in awe of what they do. But then they look outside and, you know, you see posts and it's snowing and I think, oh, well, that's Christmas, isn't it? Well, they're stuck inside. I mean, for us, we're we're uh, outdoorsy, true, true. aren't we? Our yeah. entertaining is all outdoors. We have to be out there looking after the plants. We could yeah, be out they, there they collecting bring their plants in. Yes, we could be out there collecting gum nuts or pine cones, <laughs> and spraying them gold and 
decorating things. We've got to do it our proud. way. Do it our way. Exactly. Okay, so we'll be really interested to see what Andrea comes up with today. And we're taking all your regular calls. Obviously, this is your last chance to get your gardening question in for a few weeks. We return on the 21st of January. So get your questions to us today. See if we can help you. And what else have we got on the show today, Ray? We've got two $75 gift vouchers to give away, as always. And yes, I'm, oh, I'm John Glidden. Excuse me. John <laughs> Glidden is joining us. How, how silly of me. Yeah. So we'll have him in shortly. And John likes to do a bit of a wrap up of the year for us. And he's kind of the backbone of what we do. And he supports us so much. So he's joining us today as well. And I know people l- l- enjoy listening to John. Well, I always like to hear the wrap up of how what we've done through the year. And he comes out with things that I've never thought of before. comes out with some pearlers, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, he sure does. <laughs> yeah, as well. So, all right, just to kick off, I think we'll do a couple of emails. Well, we're firstly the Calabunda Garden Festival. Wow, we, I should just mention <laughs> that just quickly. Oh, what a day. What a, what a vibe, yes. Yeah. It's so, so great to see everyone up there. There's, yeah. there's all our plants people. There's, you know, friends from all over Perth. There's... People that come from the country, Ray. I saw Peter Zaddo. She came up from Cojunup. Mm. Uh, it was because of her I went and did That's my talk right. down That's at right. the Cojunup yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people just come from everywhere. It is the event to go to, the event of the season. And, of course, they come from interstate. And yeah. celebrities from the other side of the country yeah. are hearing about this event and lining up for it as well. Oh my goodness, I know. Where can you go to to a garden show and then only probably somewhere like Melbourne Garden Festival would you have that same level of um, calibre of people that are giving talks and uh, to have them come over here and who we had, Josh Byrne, we had yourself, we had Kit Prendergast, but the B Babette, uh, we had Andrea, our own Andrea Whiteley, we had Hannah Maloney, and we Jane had beautiful Edmondson. Jane Edmondson, who I really adore. And Costa, of course. Back again. Yeah, yeah, you were this little gnome outfit running around. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed uh, meeting Jane in person. She's a dear lady, isn't she? <laughs> now you left me with her, didn't you? Oh, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jane was a little bit tired she, after her last. She was a little talk. bit ambushed. So yeah. <laughs> she By sat Faye. down. By Faye. Yeah. Well, I had a few insect photos there. Just a few. I I'd enlarged them, so I took the opportunity to entertain Jane. Hmm. So sorry if I didn't get I'm to sure say she goodbye. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Well, yeah. she she didn't she mind. It. Yeah. She was tired. Did she look bored? Eh? Did she look like she couldn't get away? Uh, she yes. Yes. Yes, she did. <laughs> did you go to the panel afterwards? No, I didn't. Yeah, I wonder how that went. I actually popped into John's to um, see how their Fern Society Christmas lunch went. And it was good? Oh, of course, yes. 80-odd yeah, people there for lunch, sit-down oh, lunch and a wonder of his garden. So, so they're much a great going group. on. And you went to the open garden wind-up last night. That yes. sounded amazing. Oh, it was. Mary's beautiful garden in Wembley Downs. And mm. this, this is a street where everybody in the street gets involved. Yeah, and I like that. The Christmas lights were incredible. Mary's garden was beautiful. The volunteers were there. It was just oh, such a lovely vibe. Mm. Mm. Well, and I that, love. I don't. I'm not. I'm a Christmas Grinch. There's no doubt about that. But I do like things that sparkle. 
Mm. And so that part of Christmas I like. <laughs> and I went there after the Kareen High School 50th reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I caught up with Mr Selkirk and Mr Marsh, who's now... 95. His name rings a bell. But he was the principal. There's okay, only there been five, four I... principals in 50 years of the school. They've built an amazing new building that hosted us uh, late yesterday. And, mm. it, yeah, it was a great, great event. Nice to go back there and relive some of the memories and catch up with a few few old faces. Not yeah, that old. No. They Not all that... look like us now. <laughs> Well, that's the scary part when you look at other people and go, gee, they've aged. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were, we're the same age. There were four of us in a photo from 10 8 in high school, and that was in 1978. So was I in 10 8? No, mm. you weren't. Mm. Um, you were because I was Pritchard, so you were B. You were at the no, beginning I was, no, of I the wasn't. form. No, I wasn't. I was sure. S-H-I-R-E. Oh, of course you were. Yeah. No. I don't know where I was. You might have been the next form. Mm. Mm. Okay. But 45 years ago, that was. Okay. And I'm being told we're back on the 20th of January, not the 21st. Okay. okay. Good to know. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for <laughs> helping me. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Okay, 94841927. Let's do a couple of emails, will we? All We've right. got quite a few banked up. So this one's come in from Judy Intrigue and she sent in a photo of Roma tomatoes with a white centre, um, white and hard in the centre uh, and you can't chew them. Now this is due to heat stress. So it's the vascular tissue in the centre that's been disturbed by heat or interrupted by heat and it's stressed. Now, I suspect that that was probably caused when we had that 40-degree day a couple of weeks ago, Judy. Uh, there really isn't much we can do about it. Just try and reduce the stress on your plants. You might go out there. If you're going to get a burst of heat like that, you might go out there and put an umbrella up during the day or a little panel of shade cloth or something just to give it a bit of protection. Even a fruit tree in a pot for the day, something that will handle that full sun. Mm. And along the same lines, uh, this has come in from Brian of Darlington. He's got zucchinis that have uh, browned off at the ends. The tissues died off and it looks like what we call blossom end rot. Now this yeah. can happen to tomatoes as well. Mm. And it's quite often put down to a calcium deficiency. So one of the things you could do is uh, if you're interested in a bit of science, check the pH of your soil mm. and then marry that up to a pH chart. And that might just show that there's um, calcium that's unavailable at that pH level. So what you can do is give your plants a liquid feed, not so much nitrogen, but certainly, you know, I'm always talking about fertiliser for flowering and fruiting plants. Mm. So half strength poured over the leaves and the plant takes this up very quickly. But consistent watering is important. Now, once again, I think with the, the really hot conditions, you can do all the watering you want, but it's also very much about the plant's abil ability to take that up. And mm. I think this is what causes the problem. So once again, 40 degree weather, do what you can to protect your plants, offer them a little bit of shade so they don't go through that heat 
and keep the mulch up and do your best and I'm sure you'll have a good result. Now, Ray, I feel terribly guilty. Quite a few weeks ago, someone rang in about zucchini and their fruit was forming and then not developing. Mm -hmm. And silly me, just, it's, I don't know, had a mental blank. Of course, we need male and female flowers. Mm. And until your plants start producing male flowers, there's not much you can do about it. But when they do, if you peel back the petals and look inside, you can see what might look like a little paintbrush, and that is the boy flower. So what Mm. you can do is remove the whole flower stem, peel back the petals, and go round and play matchmaker. Take the boys to the girls and dab a little bit of pollen around. Yeah. Because sometimes the bees don't do it. Yeah. That's what you need to do. So the sex life of plants. Sometimes we have to get involved. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah. Did you like that lesson? Thank you very much, yes. I'll take that with me. Now, what you can do also, if you're getting too many flowers and you don't want that much fruit setting, then pick the flowers off. You can batter them, dip them in eggs and or eggs and flour and breadcrumbs and fry them up I love for the a flowers, tasty zucchini treat. Flowers. Mm. Most people have the problem with zucchinis if they have too many, don't they? They're oh, exactly. So remove some flowers and do something else with them. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that that also teams up with John John's culinary expertise and Megan's chicken chat coming up. Yeah, okay. And when are we having John in the studio? Whenever we can fit him in. Okay, soon. All right. Okie doke. Now, also, Dominique from Rockingham has Kentia palms that are always loaded with fruit and wondering, is it best for the health of the tree? Do you remove them or leave them in place? Uh, Wondering if the fruit attracts rats, birds don't seem interested, and have a great holiday. Well, um, I, gee, Kentia palms producing fruit or seeds... That's not bad. They must be pretty mature to do that. Yeah. Um, they, the has certainly got knocked around last year or the year before with really, really hot weather. I think it was two before. years ago. Mm. Mm. I don't think they cause too much stress. When they're ripe, they will drop mm. and you get new plants. So that, you know, if you like propagating, take them away and, and propagate some, give away to your friends and family. Uh, Kentia's are beautiful palms. Are the fruits attracting rats? I'm not not too sure. I suppose it depends what their choices are in the garden. I know I've got plenty of other fruits in the garden that they would be attracted to, probably more likely the crocus palms. If that is causing you a problem and they're easy to get to, cut them down. But I actually like seeing in the garden different colours of fruits and flowers like it it adds to interest in the garden and some of the palms have bracts that are yellow with green seeds that develop i i leave them Mm. Mm. yep no i think they're attractive it's all beautiful to look at and uh rod has sent in a photo of a cactus flower and it is a stapeliad, mm. Orbia variegata. And this is a, a very common, easy to grow stapeliad, also known as the carrion flower because it smells like dead 
animal. Mm. If you go into your shade house and you get that smell, you think something's dead. dead but in there. in fact, you've got something in flower. And it's attract, it attracts fl- uh, flies and flies are the pollinator. Mm. So they grow easily from cuttings. They and do. in fact, they sometimes do better if you take a cutting and grow a new plant rather than just try and look after the old one. Mm-hmm. So do that as well. Yeah, More I had some propagating. nice flowers not long ago, actually, from my stapilias. I don't have many now. But you've got a lot, haven't I, you? I do have yeah. quite a few. They're pretty neglected at the moment. The arrows, arrows are overrunning the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they require And the more. ripsalis are dangling <laughs> from the rafters. Dangling from everywhere. <laughs> yes. Okay, 94841927. When we return, we're chatting to our chook lady, Megan Smith. And you're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. It's 23 minutes after eight. And we have Megan Smith online, our resident chook lady. How are you, Megan? Good morning, girls. I'm really well. Good, good. You're set for Christmas. Do you do Christmas? No, I just have a very quiet day. Good, good. I like to hear it. It's a nice nice opportunity to just kick back and chill out and let everyone else get on with it. So where are you talking to us from, Megan? I'm up on the Gold Coast. I've just had a big birthday, so I'm visiting my sisters. Fantastic. Well, I hope you're having a wonderful time and a break from the farm at home. I am. (laughs) So last time we talked to you, Megan, we talked about all the different types of chalks and what they need for care and what sort of egg laying we could expect. So today I thought we'd cover the three Ps. The pests, yes. the predators, and the plants. So, that's cool. Okay, pests. Well, you've got um, flying ones, you've got insect ones, and you've got animal ones. So, mm. you've got your mice and snakes and rats, um, and lizards too, depending on where you are. Lizards will sneak your eggs. Mm. What, um, what do mice do? Mice eat the feed. Oh. And um, can can just scare the babies and scare oh, the chickens. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It it's um a whole lot of world out there. Yeah. Um, and then you've got fleas and mites, um, which are in the actually on the chickens, like you get on other animals. Um, and then your predators. You can get your um, birds of prey, um, and crows. As well, they take the eggs and the babies. Yes, and yes. foxes. Mm. Oh yes, the dreaded, dreaded fox. Mm. It's not um, easy, then, is it, to keep chickens? <laughs> Got to have your wits about you. It's it's a lot of work. People yeah. think it's you no. Know, let's just let's get, get a couple of chooks. Yeah. Give them some water. Give them some food, food and collect the eggs. But yeah, it's no. Not, it's a lot more involved than people realise. It's fun, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't mm. be without them in the garden because they're a, a very important part of the of the cycle. You take that link out and you notice very quickly that you get more snails and slugs and insects and bugs on your plants and caterpillars that the chickens would otherwise eat. So ha- housing the chickens, what's a, a good design of pen to protect from some of those, uh, the risks or threats? Um, you can get a very fine, uh, what they call snake mesh or aviary wire um, 
these days, which is really good. And then across the top of your, if you haven't got an enclosed pen, if you've got a, a backyard pen or something, netting is really good to prevent the birds getting in um, and protecting them. The, the fine mesh is great for snakes in particular if you live in a, in a bushy area and you don't want snakes or lizards coming in. Um, but snakes that have their place, they get rid of the mice. So you've you got to keep your, your life cycle going. Um, as with anything, you don't want to remove all of, all of the bad things because some of them have their benefits. Absolutely. So what sort of, um, how do we keep foxes out? Ah, okay. So when you're, when you're designing your pen, if you're starting from scratch, even in, in your home backyard, foxes are in the, in the local neighbourhoods these days and we'll hunt them out. Um, you dig down at least a foot um, to 30 centimetres down in the ground and you can put um, wire uh, chicken wire or mesh or some sort of mesh that stops them digging underneath the sides mm-hmm. and that that is a really good deterrent and then when you when you're building your pen um, you need a stronger gauge or a heavier gauge wire not a really thin one because I've actually had foxes eat through and chew a thin wire yeah so we had to double it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then we had netting over the top of the breeding corridors. Um, but foxes are very, very cunning. They will find the tiniest hole and make it bigger. Yeah. And, and they do climb. People don't think they climb, but they do. That was my next question to you, actually, Megan. They can climb up, can't they? Up and in. Yes. Mm. Yeah, they can. They'll find a weak spot and up they'll go. So having an eight-foot heavier gauge fence to keep them out so that they can't... Yes. Yes. It will deter them. And a canopy over the top. Yes. And and the the, the wire can be, um, again, it can be a, an aviary mesh or it can be a net, uh, a, a wire netting or mesh, or it could be a nylon, like a fruit tree netting. Um, right. but, yeah. it's, but it's a thicker, stronger mesh. Um, and that, that's a good preventative as well. So what about pests like fleas? How yeah, are they managed? Fleas, yeah. Fleas and mites are are also not necessarily brought in by dogs and cats. They could all be in the ground before you go to a property and and just live there dormant and then they find a host and off they go. And the best way I found was to sprinkle DE or diatomaceous earth. Yes, on the on the ground. And I used to have a kitty litter tray with DE and lime in it um, inside the entry to their coop. And so they had to walk through it so they would regularly get it on their feet and then that would be a deterrent as well. And if you've got wooden um, perches and things like that, um, the, the mites and the lice will live in that wood and then come out at night and get onto the chickens. So, so when, you, when you're cleaning your pen, um, you need something like Coupex to um, spray on it and it's a natural pyrethrum-based um, preventative. So we um, where our chickens lay their eggs, we've got a, a yep. little house that's about a metre square with a concrete base. Correct. And then 
the nesting boxes, which are old, like 20-litre plastic drums cut out yes. with straw yes. in them, they're up yes. at about waist high. And then yes. we have a wooden perch as well. So they're, they perch inside under shelter and they lay their eggs in the nesting boxes. And then we have wormwood as well. And so we'll put wormwood in the base of the chicken house. There's also sawdust there. So we can scoop that out and use it on the garden and then replace it and keep it clean. And wormwood growing in the larger pen area with wire around it. So the chickens have got access to it, but they don't dig it up. Yeah, I I had wormwood, rue, tansy um, in my pens and they just ate it um, as they wanted. And when I was trimming um, and pruning those back, I would actually cut some of the, the um, softwood and the leaves and branches and actually put it in the nesting books with the straw and mm. they would lay their eggs on that. And that was a, a big deterrent um, because the chickens were rubbing on the on the herbs and that helped um, protect them a little bit. But you're, you're never going to completely get rid of fleas and mites because they come on the wild birds, like your pigeons and your doves and your magpies and all that. They're they carrying them. Mm. So you can never really get rid of them. You just have to manage them. Um, and, and that's easily done. You can get um, drops. Um, that can be used on the chickens and uh, similar to flea uh, deterrents on the dogs. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Put a drop on the back of the neck neck. or something, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then um, when it comes to things like worming, um, you can get a proprietary um, tablet. And I used to have a plastic wash tub, a pillowcase, and a set of scales, and I would put the chicken gently in the pillowcase, loosely tie it, put put that on the scales in in the tub so they were contained, and weigh each and every chicken, and then work out the dose of tablet because quite mm. often one chicken looks small, but when you weigh it, you get quite a surprise. So, and some of my birds, you know, could have been up to five kilos. So they would have a higher dose of, of mm. tablet. How do you get the tablet them. in them, Megan? Um, I just open their mouth. Straight and, down the hatch. Yep. <laughs> wow. Yep. Okay. And then, and then they go for a go for a drink. Um, so what I used to do was lock them up at night, and then first thing in the morning I'd go out there and do the way and and uh, worming, and then they would head straight for the water mm. and head and drink that. Yeah. And now that get it down. You can also put garlic cloves in their water, can't you? Yes, you can. That was another um, one. Yeah, I, and the other garlic skins and onion skins also, when you peel them, you can put those in the nesting boxes and that's another deterrent. But when I was putting the garlic in the water, and you can put apple cider vinegar in too, um, when I put the garlic in the water, I wouldn't peel them. I would leave the skins on um, and that's just another, another added nutrients that they're getting and deterrent yeah good one i remember something about red cordial uh yes red cordial is a a a bit of a and it's a particular brand and um, was it cotties yes and i think from from what has happened locally they've they've changed the recipe a little bit and it's not as effective um and the the it's like with a lot of sugary things. If you put a lot of sugar in it, you want to drink more. So 
So um, they've changed the recipe and I'm not sure if it's as good now for chickens, but there's another product you can get and it's a um, vitamin mineral supplement that's water-based and you can feed that to your chickens at any time and it just gives them a a bit more um, nutrient intake um, and it helps them balance their, their guts out. Um, it's not, not an electrolyte per se, it's more of a tonic, but it's vitamin and minerals and it really helps to give your, your chooks a good, um, uh, pre, pro, not a probiotic, but, you know. A tonic. A tonic, yeah, to boost your health and, and keep you going. Well, they probably need a bit of help with that at this time of year with the, the heat that's coming up and a bit yeah. of the heat that yeah. we've had. How do we, what other special considerations are there for dealing with the heat? Well, chickens um, and poultry in general don't have sweat glands, so that's why they rely on panting to um, reduce their body heat. And people think, oh, they're panting, they're fretting there, but that's just their normal, natural um, body reacting um, to keeping them cool. Um, I used to... I've got a, a big deep freezer, so I would always have something in the freezer like um, a piece of watermelon frozen, and they would get that as a treat. Um, also, frozen um, ice cream container uh, freezing water and putting that frozen block of water in their water tub um, helps to keep the water get cool because they they really don't like um, hot water. None of mm. us really do on a hot day. So I used to regularly put um, ice cubed um, blocks in the water. But you can also freeze um, corn and peas and diced carrot. The, you can get like a frozen veg mix and that's really good in the water and you freeze it and then they're packing at the, the vegetables which are waterlogged and that gives them extra water as well as mm. something to do. They love that, but yeah, high high water um, usage in the heat. They'll probably have four times the amount they would normally have. Yeah, and um, a container that's wide and deep is better than a tall narrow one. Yeah, um, Yeah. because it keeps the water temperature down. But anything you can do to like prevent prevent heat, you can put a sprinkler on or hose it down. Yeah, Yeah. very good. Um, Depending on where you are, you can even put a fan in there just to keep the air circulation. Yeah, that's another great idea. I like they that. They don't mind a radio either. Uh, it, no, it keeps. No. It can help keep foxes away. And I know that John's chickens listen to curtain radio. Yeah. Oh, so hi to John's should. chickens. As they should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, for a lot of people who have caught, uh, have kept chickens before. Imagine the sight that you see when you go into the pen and all these birds are laying there, their heads are flopped down, their wings are out and their feathers are all dishevelled and you think, oh, my goodness, my poor chickens. And you go in there and they all stand up. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a sight, as, as we both know. And then don't forget, too, that at this time of year, um, the chickens and poultry are going to have what we call a summer molt. So they're going to lose all that winter warmth and extra feather padding. So the pens look like, and the birds look even more dishevelled because they're losing all that extra feathers. 
to, that they don't need over the summer. So they're going to need a little bit more protein because of that, um, which we touched on last time. So corn? Corn, yes, um, or a oh. dried corn maize. Yeah. Um, and I used to give them their, their corn and wheat in the evening. Um, and and some people, including myself, you get a, a cheap can of um, tuna or fish cat food and that has a high protein content, which is really good for the chickens. Oh, they like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to say the the scene that I described was the importance of sand bathing for chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> So um, sand um, and the the little uh, divots that they brush out when they're when they're flapping around in the sand. Um, it's like most animals; they they find the coolest spot. And the sand granules also help with um, dislodging bugs and pests. And but the sand and the coolness of the sand is what they they go for um, in the hot days. And and like anything, heat rises, so they're going to go for the lowest point in their pen, which will be the coolest point. Another um, Something else that I did want to just touch on, Megan, and that was you talked about hygiene around the pen and mice getting into feeders. Uh, what, yeah. what styles of feeders can people get that minimise the, the wastage of food being taken by other animals? Um. I, I made my own out of um, small wheelie bins and some plumbing supplies and it made sort of like a a 90-degree elbow and then I had a cover on the outside. You can um, be a bit more structured with your feeding and just feed them a certain amount and once it's gone, they don't get any more. Yeah. That leaves less around or you can mm. get a um, a chook feeder that, and they're very, very clever girls and boys, they will stand on it and as Make they stand on the ledge, it opens up <laughs> um, and and they sort of can then feed and then when they stand, step off it, it closes up again. So yeah. those feeders are good. Yeah. Um, I tended to have um, bandicoots like feeders and I never really minded feeding the bandicoots because when you're on a property and, and it's heat and food and that can be a bit scarce, so I didn't mind feeding the natives, um, just didn't like feeding the rats and mice. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Megan, that's fantastic. What yeah. John's going to do is wrap up our two segments together and put it in a dedicated podcast so people will be able to download it and listen at any time during the holidays, maybe next Saturday morning when we're not here. Yes, or when, when we're... Uh, Doing other chores in exactly, the garden. Exactly, exactly. Having been away from mine for a little bit, I'm going to go home and find lawn meats mowing and there's weeding and lots of Lo- stuff to lots do. Lots of chores await you, absolutely. Yeah. That's the penalty you pay when you travel, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't find it a penalty, though. I find it <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Megan, and look forward to catching up with you when you get back. See you soon, girl. Okay. Thanks, Megan. Bye. Bye for now. She's such a knowledgeable lady, right? Absolutely. She's just finished a certificate in horticulture. She's already got a certificate in permaculture and she she walks the talk. Yeah, good Mm. on her. And what a great attitude that she has too. Okay, we do have to have a short break. When we return, Richard, we've got you.
Thank you for your company on Let's Talk Gardening this morning. We know there's some problems out there on uh, if you're listening, uh, DG, but of course you can't hear me say that if you are, but FM is working and obviously you can access us online as well. John, good morning. John Glidden has joined us. Yes, Welcome. good morning, everyone. And we're just sitting here opening mail Christmas like a Christmas cards. card. Oh, thank you to... Kerry and Frank Cherry. Yes, they're, these... they're very dedicated listeners to the station, yes. aren't they? FM 100.1 fan, it says at the bottom. Yeah. And this is, yeah, this is just beautiful. Thank you. I've got a little bookmark here and it says, why are you so special? Because no one can touch the world quite like you. Isn't that beautiful? It is and beautiful. I was thinking of them the other day because we get a, a few letters from them from time to time and it's it's nice to know that they're out there and listening to us and enjoying the show so thank you very much and they've sent us a picture of um some holiday units (laughs) because we need a break yeah actually yeah (laughs) in albany middleton beach albany so i don't know if that's Mm. theirs or somewhere that they just say is a great place to stay i love albany particularly in summer yes yeah so wouldn't that be nice just to skip down for a few days are you getting away, Ray? Uh, I'd, I'd like to. Mm-hmm. I'd like oh. a few days. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry Richard. Richard. Oh, my goodness, you poor man. Here we are just prattling away. That's quite all right. <laughs> I'm actually on the ground with my feet in the air doing sit-ups. So I'm okay. Happy. Okay, I was doing that last night. Better you than us. <laughs> right. <laughs> How can we help you, Richard? I've, I've got some wonderful tomato plants, small small varieties, not the tall, stakey types, but I'm go- uh, the fruit have formed beautifully, but they're getting bugs in one side, which then makes the, that side of the tomato go all yucky, you know, brown. So I have no- If it's relevant, I have noticed I've got some capsicums next to them, and I've noticed some very, very small, what look like fruit flies to me, or very small flies with shiny wings. Do they... They're tiny. Wave their wings uh, up and down. Uh, a bit hard to tell because I've only seen a couple of them, but um, and they fly away as soon as I, I, uh, I just noticed them when I was um, um, looking at some of the um, capsicum leaves. Mm, okay, the leaves that hold in them. So, do you think they're caterpillars in the fruit, or? A bit hard to tell because when I've, I've pulled them open, cut them open, or them with my fingers it's just a brown um, mm. like a brown mud inside okay so they've they've been pierced and damaged they've got by that stage if the if, if the fruit the fruit aren't it, they, this tomato doesn't have big fruit but the fruit have what looks like probably several little holes in it and it's and in the skin around it's all gone sort of mm. dried and brownish okay it it could be little caterpillars the egg is laid at the flower stage and they develop inside the fruit. Ah, right. Well, okay. they're, they're very, they, it happens very early. So the way to manage that is create a barrier. So like a, a light mesh throw over on the tomato plants. Right. So that, of course, will muck up your pollination with, with new flowering. Mm. 
but yeah. you can get out there and you can um, take a tooth, not a toothbrush, a paintbrush to it and dab the pollen around on the flowers so that'll cover your pollination problems and it will keep your pests out. What When you say it's a caterpillar, what, what lays the egg? Well, there's there's a few a different... Uh, I'm a moth. Oh. A very small moth. moth. Right. Okay. I haven't seen any of those. But they, moths tend to come out at night, don't they? Uh, a lot do. Oh. And they're, they're very small. So they come in, lay their eggs. And off um, they go. Yeah. Mm. And they're off. Naughty yeah. things. I did, I did spray them a bit last week with some oil and so on. But um, echo oil. Yes, yep. Um, that will that will kind of stop the eggs being laid. It will act as a deterrent, but probably the barrier is one of the best things, And unless you're happy to use a dust. Oh, yeah, okay. So is it dust? Is there any safe dust? I, years ago, I used to use Deris dust. What is this? Decades that, ago. But, well, there's that oh, one. Um, if it is caterpillars getting in... At an early stage, if they're on the outside, you could spray with our favourite uh, caterpillar killer. It used to be called Dipel, and that's an organic product. The oh, other thing nice. is, if it is caterpillars, I can highly recommend having bird baths and sources of water, having a supply of mud or clay in your garden, because I have got these little mud-nesting wasps, tiny little ones, orange and black, that are going out and bringing caterpillars uh, back to their nest. Right. So yeah. wasps mm-hmm. are your, your best form of control. Add flowers, yeah. add water, add clay, and they will take care of your caterpillars. This little fly that I've seen, it's, gosh, it's so small. It's probably a few millimetres long. Okay. There are long-legged flies and they're predators. There's also oh, signal flies. damage their fruit. No, I, d- no, I don't, okay. no. They're, they're looking okay. for small, really small, soft-bodied insects. So I've given you a few ideas there, Richard. Oh, good. good luck with okay, it. Okay, fine. Thank you for that. Yeah, okay. Lovely. Thanks, Richard. Okay. Bye. Right. See you. Bye. Radio. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening this morning. We will be going to the news at 9 o'clock. Uh, Karen, we can see your phone call there we will be speaking to you very very soon we do have john glidden in the studio with us as well but i would like to give away 75 dollars we'll do one of john's quizzes how does that sound it's a great idea all right let's go to green life soil and co because they're not just another soil yard they'd like to deliver a greener garden that's their motto and if you want to see people walking their talk go to green life soil co and have a look at their display productive garden or view it on their facebook page because it's so so healthy uh they definitely are walking their talk and they're showing you as an example a display of what what you can do so i also spied on their facebook page some lovely christmas ideas and they currently have in stock a great range of organically grown veggies and herbs and bush tucker flower seedlings including some of those harder to find ones you can check out the green life soil co monthly newsletter because it has heaps of timely information, a garden guide of what to do. It's free. Just register online to become a member by going to greenlifesoil.com.au. And whilst you're there, have a read through their website because there is some very good information on it. 
So recommend that you browse their Facebook page for updates. Green Life Soil Co. open Mondays to Saturdays for your chance to win. $75 gift voucher to spend at Green Life Soil Co. You must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. So wouldn't this be a handy Christmas present for you right now? True or false, Charles Darwin described carnivorous plants as the most wonderful plants in the world. True or false, Charles Darwin described carnivorous plants as the most wonderful plants in the world. True or false? Give Bev a call, 94841927. Okay, we're going straight to Queen's Park, saying good morning to Karen. How are you? Good morning, Karen. Yes, busy, busy, and uh, Merry Christmas to start off with. Uh, I have got a big pine tree, and it loses, it's, it's on its way out, unfortunately. It loses a hell of a lot of needles, and I'm using them as mulch, as well as lots of leaves. Um, what I was wondering, shall I, because I know that it's all very acidic, shall I put some lime over it as well, so just sprinkle some lime around with it? Uh, you, you could do. That lime will probably help to make it break down. If you can add anything else to it as well, make it a, a, a better mix that probably be best Karen, like if you would have some it... compost as well. So I thought I'll, if I, but uh, these needles are walked, uh, walking needles <laughs> everywhere. You're almost knee deep in some parts. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to throw them away. Well, they they can take a long time to break down. And yes, add lime, add water, uh, anything manure, and turn it over. Like if it's in a compost bin. Then no, unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> is it layers? It's yeah, it's under under the tree, and I just have to have to just sort out a little bit. It's so much, and and I, I fill up buckets and and think, what the heck am I going to do with it? I mean, I've got a big garden. I throw it just about everywhere, but I don't know. I don't want to make a layer too thick. No, so absolutely that's what I not. And they've got lots of lots of leaves as well. Mm. Lots of lots and lots of leaves. So, well, a, um, one solution is to to compost it or mm-hmm. add it to a worm farm in small doses. Uh, if you've okay. got a dedicated compost pile, by adding water and and other leaves and manures from the garden or brought in, that will help to break it down. It's a slow process. And mm-hmm. um, it does take time. I I know sometimes with our gum leaves, I just fill up the the rubbish bin weekly to be able to manage. And yeah, if your tree's on yeah, its okay. way out, the sooner you do something, the sooner the problem will be solved. Yeah, but it still it still looks too nice. I mean, okay. it, it is it is sick, but it uh, yeah. And uh, what what about my my uh, the fertilizer? Shall I? That's what I never know. Can I put the fertilizer over it, or, or if I fertilize, am I supposed to fertilize during the summer? I think if you've got plants that are actively growing, then giving them some fertilizer is not a bad idea. So little and often, but if you've got mm-hmm. something that's flowering now, encouraging it, um, you know, depending on what what style of fertilizing you like to to throw around controlled release fertilizer that's general purpose is easy to do. If you've got a bit mm-hmm. of time and you you like something more meditational, mix up watering cans with a, a little bit of um, concentrate in it and pour that over the foliage but not on a hot day. 
So, yeah, do you, everyone will decide what works best for them. Okay, okay, good. And just one other uh, other question. My climbing roses, they have flowered beautifully. Are they, are they going to flower again or do they only flower once a year? That will depend on the variety, Karen. Yeah, indeed. Uh-huh, uh, I don't know what they are. I mean, they only flowered once last year, but I've, I've, uh, yeah, I got rid of all the dead flowers, and I hope they will, they will flower again. But it didn't do la- It didn't do so last year. Well, very good luck with that, Karen, and hope yeah. you have okay, a lovely you so Christmas. Much. Thanks. All the best to you, and have a lovely New Year. Okay. okay. Thank, thank you, Karen. Cheers. Bye. And Roma of Yokine sending seasons greetings, and we'll miss our program. I hope, I think that's what she's saying. And wouldn't miss our program. Oh, and wouldn't miss her. <laughs> but she might miss us over the next few weeks. Yeah, but then there's I get the it. podcast. I get it. And we've got a winner uh, for our Green Life Soil Voucher, Robin of Kingsley. She's one of our favourite listeners as well. Robin, good on you. The question was, true or false? Charles Darwin described carnivorous plants as the most wonderful plants in the world. The answer is true. Good on you, Robin. Let us know what you get up to with that. As I was researching that, I actually came across where somebody said he'd called the Venus flytrap the most wonderful. But I went a little deeper, and it's actually in one of his books where he just describes them all as wonderful. <laughs> you, um, We must say all of our questions come from John. All these uh, difficult questions. You, you are our national treasure, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's fun looking up all these, you know, and, and I do try to supply a little extra information to, to you know, expand on a true or false. And sometimes when I read your questions, I think no one will ever get this. No one will ever get this, and they do. Uh, I, I think there's no question I could come up with that wouldn't, that, that would fool <laughs> all of the people. Exactly. <laughs> all right. keep I keep trying. trying. I keep trying. <laughs> all right, let's go to the 9 o'clock news. 19.8 degrees at the moment and the humidity is on 40%. Sunny today with a maximum of 30. Overnight, the minimum will drop down to 14. It will be sunny again tomorrow with a maximum of 31. And looking ahead to Monday, sunny again with a maximum of 33. And looking through for the rest of the week, we're in the low 30s. Okay, so... That's summer for you. All right. Now, there is a crash on the Kunana Freeway northbound at Leach Highway in Bateman. Uh, vehicles are in the left emergency lane and the traffic is very slow on approach. And please drive with caution because motorists are out of their vehicles. OK, so that's on the Quinana Freeway northbound at Leach Highway in Bateman. People are out of their vehicles. Please drive with caution. It is slow in that area. Fayakaro. Well, a quick couple of emails, Ray, uh, from Gail, and she sends her best wishes to us. Thanks and joyful Christmas. Many thanks for all your gardening help and your terrific guests, specialised tips and insights to all soil and garden beneficial creatures over the last year. Have a lovely and joyful Christmas and a well-earned holiday. So lovely to hear from Gail. Thank you. And another one, hi gardening team, thank you for our expert advice over this past year. We'd like to wish you all and the listeners a blessed Christmas and a healthy, happy year ahead. And that's from Jeannie and Alan. So lovely, lovely. And here's a brag photo, Ray. This has come from Joyce from Rockingham. 
and it is her flowering woody pear. And look at this. It looks like an explosion of fireworks. It's Absolutely gorgeous. magical. Oh, I love that. I would love to be standing there with my macro lens on because <laughs> I reckon that would be full of amazing insects. It's a beautiful looking trees absolutely now i believe we've got some phone call issues so we were or are trying to get i think we're actually trying to get through to andrea whiteley at the moment uh something happening with the phone lines as well happy days listeners bear with us uh we don't know but uh try us anyway nine four eight four one nine two seven the restrictions may be us trying to call out rather than people calling in yeah, that's what Bev is saying to me. So we're having trouble at the moment, and trouble There's with the, something amiss. Trouble well, with we'll, the digital. Uh, we'll as just well. have to talk amongst ourselves, Ray. Again, Let's get John we're back pretty, in. We're pretty good at that. Yes, John, do John, come back. Come on, come on down, because <laughs> we we want to have our chat with John. He will give us a wrap up of the year. Here he comes, folks. Can <laughs> maybe Andrea can call us? I've sent her a message now and on her mobile, mm. and see if we can get her that way. Okay. So here we go. We've got John back in the seat, and we're right going yes. to get a wrap up. Yes. Well, as usual, we'll start with the emails. They are down a little this oh, year. Oh but, dear. But, yeah. I mean, we've we've only had about four hundred this year. <laughs> Oh, P <laughs> listeners, lift your game, please. <laughs> no, no, not no while more. we're on holidays. No more. Yeah, no, true. Give, uh, give Faye a break. Uh, again, fantastic. And even those bragging people sending pictures of their flowers and fruit and everything. We love that. We uh, love apart that. from being incredibly jealous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah absolutely. Wonderful. We want to see the good stuff as well. Yeah. For sure. And uh, yeah, I'm just wondering if it's because. We're getting over COVID now, so people... Oh, I don't know. I think no, there's I think another it, round. It, yes, but... Mm. Yeah. There, anyway. is a, there, there is a meant to be a yeah an issue mm. with COVID leading into Christmas. A spike. So, uh, yeah, a spike. So yeah, a so lot of it everyone up. needs so to be super careful, and I think we all careful. know of someone in our radius that has it mm. and at the moment, so, right. yeah. Yep, and uh, look, th- this is, from my point of view... Can anyone say they've been disappointed with the incredible guests we've had on the show this year? No. So how how, how you two find such high caliber people to talk about their lives and passions never ceases to amaze oh. me. <laughs> oh, that's from you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had experts I in all sorts. We have wonderful plants, guests. Plants, frogs, chooks, fungi, yeah. insects, and even microbes in the soil. What oh. more can a gardener, <laughs> gardener want? Gardener wants. It's it's heaven. It's heaven. And, so, and everybody is so enthusiastic about their subject. It's mm. just fantastic to listen to. Yeah. No, thank you, John. Mm. Thanks for acknowledging that, actually, because, yeah, I was about to say it's the guests that uh, just make our show. We yeah, have some it's not fantastic... us. We just sit here each right. week, turn up. <laughs> <laughs> and turn them on. It's fantastic. We've got Andrea. I think Andrea has called in to us, and apparently the web transmission is down also. Oh, my Lord. Who knows? Let's right, just we'll carry come, on. Come back. A bit yes. later in the okay. show, John. Haven't yeah. finished talking to you Andrea, yet. we've got you. How are you, dear? Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Curtin listeners. Good morning and happy Christmas, Andrea. How's your decorating oh. going? Oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, this year I've put a Christmas tree out on the front veranda. It's all lit up. You're, you're very Christmassy, aren't you? You're into, into that. Yeah. 
And you travel a lot to the US, and I notice on Facebook page they really are into it over there as well. Oh, very much so. Is that they, where you... like, they, they start decorating really from, um, from Halloween, and it doesn't yeah. stop. They just keep changing the decorations, yeah. Oh, my word. Is that where you pick up ideas? I think so. I think I really have uh, got a lot of inspiration from there, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Do you have a Christmas thriller filler spiller combination? <laughs> well, I have something a little special for you. Oh, do tell. <laughs> All right. I've got something they want, something they need, something to wear and something to read. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I do Can you say that again, please, Andrea? All right. So I've got something they want, something they need, something to wear and something to read. Mm, that's a so bit clever. That's the art of gifting. And if you, I actually stole it from this lady called Babs, who I follow on Instagram and uh She's hilarious, um, but they're, they're her four rules for gifting. I love it. And um, so I thought um, for gardeners, something they need is a bag of mature compost. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody needs that. Yes, they right? do. Not just one bag, yeah. No, something they to read is a great gardening book, of uh, course. Totally. Something to wear is who doesn't need new gardening gloves or a new gardening apron. Mm. And something they want, well, an insect hotel, of course. Oh, yes, Andrea. (laughs) Or some wind chimes just for fun. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, wow. I knew you were the girl for this job. (laughs) <laughs> you haven't disappointed and us. Would you like to hear some container planting ideas? Yes, please. Righto. Oh, so I thought we should embrace our inner Aussie this Christmas. Yeah. And um, I was thinking that how amazing would it look if people p- potted up two large containers with Anagazanthus landscape scarlet what now is that? they are. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's I'm following a you. Really deep red one. Yeah, yeah. That it grows to about 1.8 meters. The flower stalks are about 1.8 meters. And if you want to have something gorgeous and Christmassy at your front door, yeah. what would look better than two containers filled with those anagazanthus? And that's the kangaroo paw, the deep red one that is in full bloom at the moment and available in all good garden centres and even some big box stores. Um, and uh, you could underplant that because, of course, that's the thriller. Um, you could underplant that with uh, Dichondra silver fall, so you have all this delicate, um, lacy uh, foliage coming out. And then uh, as your filler... You could put in Artemisia silver lace dusty, or it's also called dusty miller. Yeah. Oh so yes, would... with the little yellow flowers. Yeah, it does have yellow flowers, but I chop them off. I don't let them. You don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like the grey foliage. Yeah. Um, but that would be a gorgeous container either side of the front door. 
Uh, also, there's the Australian Christmas tree, which is um, Albany Woolly Bush Adenanthus Pencil Perfect. And they make a really stunning uh, Christmas tree in a container. Either in, You can bring them inside for Christmas and decorate them with some twinkly lights. Or you could have two of them either side of your front door would be amazing. And also they lend themselves to being clipped. And they have that gorgeous sort of greeny, silvery foliage, stunning. Um, the other thing, if you wanted something uh, as a lawn alternative and you needed a ground cover, there's a really cool grevillea called Bonnie Prince Charlie, which has red and gold flowers. So mm. what could be more Christmassy than that? Nothing. And, and you are channeling out in Aussie with all of these ideas too, which I love, yeah. I think, you know, it's so funny because I bought a Christmas tree this year that is um, covered in fake snow. Yeah, yeah. Twinkly light and it's going to, you know, it's going to heat up and be stinking hot. And I've got this Christmas tree that looks like I live in the Northern Hemisphere and it just cracks me up. You know, and then you walk outside and it feels like you're being hit with a blowtorch. I think we're hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard for us to do Christmas in the same way as they do it in the Northern Hemisphere, isn't it? It's very, very... It really is. It's opposites, total opposites. It is. But um, anyway, my tree's beautiful this year, even with its fake snow. Oh, no, I love love the sound of that. And what do you do um, over Christmas? Are you tools down for a little while? Uh, Tools down for a little while because it's uh, too hot for gardening for me. Mm. Um, Like there's plenty of other younger people who will be getting out there and uh, digging holes, but um, not me. Mm. I'll be having a little rest, but I'm certainly doing some consultations over the summer. Yeah, and uh, happy to get out and spend some time with people in their gardens and um, help them to improve their gardens for sure. Oh, Andrea, it's been a pleasure having you today and thanks for filling in for me during the year as well and for being a great guest on our show and yes. bringing us these new ideas and inspiration. We you love are it. a gem. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. Gee, it was fun up last week at the Calamunda Garden. I was just about to mention that, actually. You had a ball, right? Chatting oh, to the I listen. had the best time. It was lovely to see you too, Ray and Faye. Yeah, it was such a busy day, wasn't it? Mm. We gave away some tickets and we had a special listener who was sat in the seat uh, in the marquee from 10 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. So special call out to Eileen, the seed bomber. The seed bomber, yeah. That's how I remember as well. Yeah, she was uh, a champion. But no, there was a great turnout of people and uh, I had a trolley that I dragged along behind me and I filled it. Uh, as I do, and uh, of yeah, of course I did. I mean, well, Faye, Faye told me to. She said it would be rude not to, and uh, so I had to had to fill it up, and uh, I was very happy with my. And I was so excited to see um, so many people um, embracing uh, the opportunity to improve their soil yeah. for better planting. I had heaps of people at my talk, and I was so happy with the feedback that they gave, and. Um, Everybody just really open to the idea of not putting a twenty cent plant into a a, yeah. a twenty dollar plant into a twenty cent hole. It was really great to see so many people up there. Yeah, the tables are turning, aren't they? 
Yeah. Oh, they are, and uh, mm. that nothing gets me more excited than that. It's wonderful, really yeah. good. You did have a big crowd. I was uh, in the background watching, and uh, you had a great audience. So yeah, it, it went well, and the attitude of everyone there and the atmosphere of people were just very, very happy. It was lovely. It was super positive and um, great you know, community nothing, event. Nothing Oh, it really was. Nothing makes me happier than gardeners all assembled in the one location. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, young lady. We'll let you get back to your weekend. We wish you a, a lovely Christmas and your family and uh, look after yourself and we know we'll be chatting with you very soon. Thanks, Absolutely. Andrea. Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. Christmas. Thank you, love. Bye. Ciao. Bye. All right, and we're heading to Gosnell's. Joan, Hello. Hello there. First of all, thank you for all that you've done over the whole year and have a great holiday, Christmas and a break. Thank you, Joe. Um, now, I, I, I was up at King's Park and I saw this. It was getting getting a bit dark, so I couldn't tell, but it was, oh, must have been about uh, five metres maybe tall um, and it was a massive, big tree, but it had all these clumps of flowers like, uh, hydrangea. Yeah, we, my daughter and I, we went up close to it to have a look. Um, to me, the leaves look like a gum gum leaf um, with these massive flowers all together in this big clump. Like I said, about the size of a hydrangea, all over the tree. It was beautiful. Mm. And what part of Kings Park was that, Joan? Uh, May Drive, sort of the uh, northern side, I think you call it, near the toilets on that side. Mm. Did you take a photo, Joan? I didn't, but my daughter did. I'd like to see a photo. That would help mm. us identify. Sounds stunning. Mm. Mm. It, it was it was just absolutely amazing because everything else was just plain and then there's this tree with all these, right up high, all these clumps of flowers everywhere and it was just beautiful. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. We'd well, love to know too. Yes. Mm. I've never ever seen it before. So, are you able to get yes. your daughter to email a photo in, or might might be able to? But I mean, this is the last day, isn't it? So she can't do it now. She can't do it today. Okay. No, no. Someone might know. Someone yeah. will know. Mm. Mm. Hopefully, send one of our listeners a... calls in. Yes, yes, they might be. Able to help me? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing, yeah. Joan. We appreciate. Thanks very much. All right. All right. Have a, you good, have Christmas. a good Christmas. Bye, Bye, Joan. Thank you. Bye. All right. Little break. When we return, we are chatting with Carol. Curtain Radio. And we're back. You're tuned to Curtain Radio. Our guest in the studio with us this morning, our very loyal researcher. John Glidden is with us as well. Now, we're just going straight to Martin. Carol, good morning. Yes, good morning, girls, and good morning, John. Good morning, um, Carol. Good morning. Um, I've just got a question. I've got, like, three different types of uh, pumpkin in, two different types of watermelon, potatoes, uh, capsicum. Um, I said tomatoes, didn't I? And... Um, and I was wondering, can I keep feeding it with, like, it's really growing, you know, they're, they're running and I've got stacks and stacks of flowers and I've got a little watermelon um, already formed, which I can see. Um, it's probably as big as, uh, not quite as big as the saucer. But I was wondering, can I still keep fertilising it with sheep manure? 
You can, but like us, Carol, they will love variety. And you've probably heard me talk about fertilising with a, a product that's designed for flowering and fruiting plants. They need more than just one thing. And sheep manure, as good as it is, is not a complete fertiliser. If you look at the analysis on the side of any of the products, you'll see some will have the, the trace elements and a big list of trace elements as well as the main nutrients. So they need something for their leaves, something for flowering and fruiting and something to just make everything work. And that is the benefit of using a complete fertiliser, whether it's liquid or granule or slow release, the choice is up to you. But adding oh, okay. something different and a mulch as well will give you better results. Oh, okay. It's got the, it's got stacks of different fertilizers in the ground. Okay. I first put, yeah, I put lots of all different types of fertilizers and whatever. So, and I thought, well, shall I just keep feeding it with my bag of manure? Um, but yeah, I'll just get a complete. Fertiliser. Yes. Juice. Yes. Something designed for vegetables, and um, yeah, you you'll see better results and keep the moisture up to it. So, mm. yep. No, it sounds like you're doing okay, but you can probably do a little bit better. All right then. No, that's all. No, I've got. It has plenty of water because my water's free. So it doesn't cost me anything. Lucky you, water. Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep, turning it into veggies is a good thing. All right, take care. <laughs> okay, Thank bye, you. Carol. Thank you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay, back to you, John. I'm going to very soon give away another gift voucher. We'll do another one of John's quizzes, and this one will be from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. We'll do that soon. Right, and on the subject of prizes, <laughs> yes, huge thanks to everybody who gives us things to give away, particularly yes. Bigger Trees and Green Life Soil. Yes. They have been wonderful. But even Calamunda Garden Show, uh, the free tickets they give, that adds up to about $1,400 worth of gifts. Does it? Do you, see, you go into it in much more depth than we do and actually yeah. give us totals. Uh-oh. Right. Other, yeah. other prizes, you know, miscellaneous of 1425 which I think includes all the uh, things given for Radiothon. So all... All up, total for this year, $8,750 in vouchers, books. Is that right? Everything we've given away. Is that right? That's fantastic, Which, isn't it? you know, everybody's really so generous and supporting. Yeah, of the show. Well, thank fantastic. you for actually working that all out, that little analytical mind of yours. I, I love playing with Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, I, I have know, a job for you, I know John. someone else who does too. Mm. Right. And, and the other thing we were asked to do Christmas present suggestions. Yes, I've and, got mine. And I am annoyed because Andrea pinched a Your lot of number mine. one. <laughs> but I, I thought for, you know, get the kids involved early. And I was actually looking around a reject shop and they've got little things called Hairy Head. It's like a little planter with a animal's face on the front. You water yeah. it and it grows hair. Yeah, it's cool. And it's absolutely wonderful. And mm. another one for, uh, you know, grow pet grass. If, yeah. you, if you have pets. And, and is that in the same situation yeah. where you just add, add a little bit of water? And yeah, same sort of thing, little little tray. Uh, people who are not into growing things but want to decorate their courtyard or whatever, you can get all sorts of, uh, you know, 
animals, insects, birds, just metal things yeah. to fit, stick yeah. on a wall, which look yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's... And I was actually chatting with a friend of mine saying, you know, anything else? He said, well, when we were kids, we used to get, like, a, a plastic container. Grow seeds, grow cress or... You know, sprout seeds you can eat mm. them and that sort of thing mm. and I, I was thinking the thing we used to do in school get a jar wrap some paper on the inside and stick a bean down and show the kids how they grow mm. the root and which mm. you know something, something to keep them amused yeah no brilliant well I've got on my list I've got a few I've always got a long list <laughs> <laughs> hint yes, hint yeah. a garden diary I think oh, that's just something that yep we all need right and it's imperative when you're trying to get, keep up with or an excel spreadsheet <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're if you're john exactly um i love gift vouchers a nursery gift voucher for me because uh, i then i do my own thing okay so <laughs> i'm talking from what i like of course i am i think beautiful pots any size everyone always needs an extra pot and gloves are always a wonderful um, gift and a nice watering can you can get these really pretty ones make sure it's got that long spout so it can reach plants that are further away great for indoor usage I think that's always an imperative one and obviously gardening books go without saying a worm farm I love worm farms and I've actually had them given to me for Christmas in the past and it's just been the best present a compost tumbler is another brilliant idea I think secateurs Absolutely, always need bird bath. I think a bird bath makes an excellent present. A magazine, a gardening magazine subscription, I think is a really mm -hmm. nice idea. Obviously, a plant goes without saying, or maybe getting a hanging basket and making it up yourself as a gift for someone else, uh, using, uh, you know, for that for a personal touch, using that thriller spiller filler concept of Andrea's in a nice mm. hanging basket that For you actually sure. make. It doesn't have to be that expensive, you know. So there's some ideas there that are not that yeah. dear. No, I, I did put gloves, but I also put a sun hat. Sun, the hat. sun off the head. Yeah, yes. yeah, very important. And, and people these days are all buying these battery-powered garden tools. Yeah. I've got a couple of spare batteries. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. And what did you put, Faye? Right. Well, I have a few ideas. I have lots of wine bags. You know, the gift bags? But oh, instead yeah. of putting wine in it, put in a, a bottle of fertiliser to give to a friend. They'll think they're getting a bottle, bottle of, of wine. wine and give them the instructions, but don't drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cheeky little one. The basket. Yes, a nice basket, but fill it with things that are, are usable, like Edible. we all no, we all have to label oh, our plants. I, so mm, a know. permanent marker, mm. some labels, yeah, a graphite pencil, love it, or a permanent marker. You can get paint markers as well. Maybe a couple of different options, and like you said, secateurs, but snips, something for finer work, mm. like floristry snips or mm. the sort that you would just. Uh, take off the the brown ends of leaves mm. off your aroids, mm. so something mm. a little bit finer than secateurs. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think all the, that done up together in a basket with cellophane, like Bev gave me for my birthday, a is just idea. lovely. Yeah. A poinsettia. I love poinsettias. I don't yeah. think you can have enough of them at Christmas time. You could give a gift of service. So you could give a little voucher 
of your time you know your time so it might be hand watering while someone's away yeah. it might be you know a, a one-hour blitz go yeah. along sweep the entry clean the windows uh weed mulch trim plant you know just zhuzh up something yeah. and it doesn't have to take long and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money either a bug hotel of course um, that's just one of the greatest gifts. And, John, I want to talk to you about yours because I know you've had some recent good results. Yes. So we'll come back to you. Right. Another one, Christmas baubles in a vase. So you you yeah, hang up your decorations. Sometimes yeah. the things fall off, the mm -hmm. bits fall off. So just get one of your vases out of the cupboard, yeah. tall vase, throw all your baubles in it. But... Go out into the garden and collect some gum nuts or little pine cones or, you know, something that you can spray paint gold mm. and mix them up with your baubles in a vase. It doesn't have to cost very much I at like all. I like that idea. And, uh, yeah, coming back to your your bug hotel, John. So you, you've bought a couple over the years and not I had have. fantastic results, but a little bit of activity. I, I, I thought, you know... It gets hot here, so I put them actually in the shade facing the west. And then I did something really silly and read the instructions on the box that they came in that said face east and get the morning sun. Yeah. And they have thrived. It's four or five bees at a time going mm. around it, including the largest, Megakylie. Yes. Monstrosa. Monstrosa. And this is the largest mega Kylie bee in Australia. So that you that's, attracted. that's just and exciting, isn't it? I, I could not believe it. The first time I saw it, and ah, wow, what is that? So that's good, when I good consulted the expert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're in Alexander Heights. Terry, good morning. Uh, good morning, yes. I'll uh, get some information if I can or some advice. I've got a couple of dragon fruit uh, plants growing in my garden and they're not, they're not on the uh, standard trellis I've just spread over the last couple of years and I had one one big flower came out a couple of days ago and that's fine I thought beauty start and I've got out this morning to hand water two days later because the retic came on yesterday and there's about 24 little tiny flower buds have popped up in the last 48 hours now oh. is there do I do I uh, Give it any additional fertilizer because it's had over the over the 12 months some mushroom compost, blood and bone, and a little bit of uh, uh, sulphate of potash quite some months ago. Now I don't know whether to whether the is is, is it uh, should I uh, give it something to help it along now or you know, the, the soil is quite healthy and quite well. That's not, yep. That sounds all good, Terry. Um, keep the moisture up to it because they're a, a tropical type plant, and keep some level of of food up. I know there were some specific instructions from the the dragon fruit man on what to do when. I have to give that some thought, but. You know, once again, controlled release fertilizer for flowering and fruiting plants. If you only did that, at least the plants would be getting something. You probably yes. can give it some additional liquid to to help the plant hang on to the fruit and produce bigger, better, sweeter fruit. Um, 
But yeah, um, what was his name? The Dragon Fruit. There's a Dragon Fruit Facebook page, I'm sure, and there's like fifty odd different varieties of gra- dragon fruit. Um, oh. I'll, I'll come back to it after the break, but I know that there's some very good information there about what to do when. Are you on Facebook? No, but I've, I've got access to it. Okay, I, I can I can access All it. All right. Let me see what I can find out and I'll come back with the answer after the break where you can get more information. Okay, Terry? Thanks, Terry. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And we're going to Gosnells or are we? Let me see. Yes, we are. Les, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Very good, Les. Thank you. Look, I'm I'm, I'm actually an avid gardener. I've grown a, a... heap of different product produce in a small area wouldn't be more than four square meters and i'd like to ask john what is the least expensive commodity that we use in the garden the least expensive commodity Yes, it's used every day. Right, that would be the water. The water, (laughs) yeah. John, you're on the ball. He's always on the ball, Les. No, I've bought fertilisers, I've bought uh, Benedite, I've bought all the rest, and I did my equation the other day, and I thought, now hold it, that's worth so much a kilolitre. I'll break it down to the litres. And if I'm correct, and John might be able to help me here. It works out to point zero zero two seven one per litre. Would I be right? I'd not, You'd have to check. I'd have to check. Yeah. I'm not sure what they charge per kilolitre off the top of well, my I'm, head. I'm, we're being charged uh, two dollars seventy one a kilolitre. Right. So yeah, divide that by a thousand, and uh, yeah, you got your answer. About two tenths of a cent per litre, or, or two hundredths. <laughs> so that is the cheapest it, it commodity. It's very, list. very cheap, and obviously it is. It's the one thing every plant needs. <laughs> Dead right, but yeah, I'll keep on doing what I'm doing. But I'd like to get a little bit of feedback from the professionals. Okay, well, leave it with us, Les, and uh, John will look further into that. But I'm pretty sure he's answered that. Um, yeah, well, I think you calculated I, it perfectly. Pretty, pretty correct. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is, don't overwater. Yep. No, that's yeah. a big. It's a big one. And actually, when Absolutely. I was listening to Jane Edmondson on Sunday last Sunday, she's from Gardening Australia. She said, "I am blown away by the amount of people that over water. Um, it's a big problem." Yeah, yeah, yeah but thank you for your call, Les. We appreciate it. No, no, it's just that I'm a little bit. I'm not an environmentalist, environmentalist, but yeah. I like to keep a record of what I use, and I try and equate it down. How much produce I get costs you. Yeah. That's my idiosyncrasy. Yeah, we all have them. Okay, you take care. Thank you. Cheers, Les. Thank you. And you're going to be back next year on the 20th. 
Twentieth. Thanks for correcting me. Thank you. I do like to be corrected, and I am corrected quite regularly, and that's a good thing. Thank you. Cheers. Merry Christmas. I meant that with just love. I know. Oh, so do I. I need to be corrected. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Les. All the best. Merry Christmas, Les. Okay, we do have to go to a break. Yes. And I yeah. was just going to say the Facebook page that I mentioned is Simon's Dragon Fruit. And I know on there, there is a sheet about how to fertilise and what to do for absolute best results. So Simon's Dragon Fruit on Facebook. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to give away a $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees up there in Pickering Brook. Another one of John's quizzes for you. You must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Now, as you know, Bigger Trees are the Frangipani ornamental and fruit tree specialists. Uh, they have a lot of stock arriving every week. I know that factually, and it's very, very colourful up there. Wonderful to go and have a look at. Kerry's saying at the moment that it uh, certainly is Frangipani time and many flowering and starting to flower. And she also has new stock of lamb has avocados and limo lines. Great selection of magnolias, both evergreen and deciduous varieties. I do love the deciduous too. And lots of beautiful crepe myrtles can never go wrong with a crepe. Huge range of fruit trees, many already fruiting. Great selection of native and hedging plants too. So for all those harder to source plants, plus indoor plants, pots and gift ideas, it's all there happening at Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. Uh, You can go to their Facebook page for updates. They're open Thursdays to Sundays and uh, their website is biggertrees.com.au. Here we go. Here's the question. As World War II drew to its close, this song was written to describe the yearning of parted couples to be reunited. The title is... We'll gather something in the spring again. Which flower will they be gathering? I'll read it again. As World War II drew to its close, this song was written to describe the yearning of parted couples to be reunited. The title is We'll gather something in the spring again. Which flower will they be gathering? Back shortly. Thank you for your company. This is Let's Talk Gardening. This is our last program for this year and there's about 15 minutes to go. Get your question in if you can or would like to. And we also have an email address, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Fair current. We've had a couple of emails from listeners about dealing with fungus snaps. Yes. And when we had Nikki Waters in the studio, yes. she talked about dealing with fungus snaps. Mm. She talked about preventing them rather than managing them afterwards and what she does is grow a soilless mix so if you don't have soil you don't have fungus snaps because that's where they complete their life cycle so in order to to prevent them she uses chunky or coarse orchid bark perlite charcoal cocoa coir worm castings and slow release fertilizer so that's Mm the ingredients in her mix. Now, we've talked a lot about our mixes over the year, particularly Mm. for aroids, even hoyas, epiphytic cactus, for example, including ripsalis. And what we use are premium potting mix, orchid mix, because it's a chunky bark, 
You can buy perlite in 25 litre bags, so half a bag of perlite, small bag of charcoal, slow release fertiliser, not a whole tub, and a packet of cinnamon, which is antifungal. So using all that gives you a nice free draining mix and plants that normally hang in trees or, or grow off trees like and enjoy that open air mix. mix, Now, it tends to be a mix that doesn't hang on to a lot of water. So, therefore, it's not going to breed fungus gnats as Mm -hmm. such. And these plants you probably uh, water regularly. Mm. So, you know, that's uh, that's been a great recipe for the types of plants that we started to grow in pots. Well, I'm using those patios. types of mixes. Mm. I don't have any fungus gnats, mm. so yeah, I I can I can vouch for that that it does work to change your medium. And I think that was one of the reasons. Like we we complain about buying these plants that come in the oh, cocoa peat, yeah. but it is a soilless media, mm. so therefore mm. you know they they're not encouraging fungus gnats. So often. Yeah, we don't bring them home, and that's a good start. Yeah, as well. Now, we've got a winner for our gift voucher from Bigger Trees and from Warnborough. Congratulations, Anne, and that voucher will be sent to you this week. Uh, Enjoy and let us know what you do with it. Now, the question was, as World War II drew to its close, this song was written to describe the yearning of parted couples to be reunited. The title is We'll Gather Lilacs in the Spring Again. Okay, we'll gather lilacs in the spring again. That's the flower that they'll be gathering. So good on you, Anne. And that's the last competition for the year as woo-hoo. well. Yeah, woo-hoo. Well, we're on the home stretch, Ray. We, we are. Ah, Now, I did want to say yes. in my gift-giving ideas, another lovely idea is solar lights. You know, yeah. the little ones that you line a pathway in with them. three, five, seven odd numbers are really good. Yeah. Um, and they just... The solar ones are great because you don't have any of the cords to trip over or have to plug in. On that note, last night at the Open Garden event that was in Wembley Downs at Mary's Place, a beautiful garden, and um, her husband gave us a demo on creating lights for your garden. Mm. He showed us how... He'd made a star and wrapped it in lights. Mm. He also grabbed two wire hanging baskets. So if you've got dilapidated baskets, they're not just good for keeping the rabbits away on your favourite plants. You can put two together to make a ball and you cable tie them together and then you get roughly a 10 metre light, like a rope light. Yeah. Lots to choose from. Yes. Varying prices. You can go solar or power, so depending on where you want to put it. So once you've done that, you start, well, you can start wrapping around the basket so everything's lined up horizontally. It might take you a while because when you get to the end, it'll be either too short or too long, but practice, practice, practice. Otherwise, a more simple one. Is just your your common like the fairy lights. Yeah, I like fairy lights. And ten meters of that wrapped around. You hold the ball and you go dunk 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 under over sideways. Is that what he did? Yep. Yeah. Like in two minutes, he, he had this done. ball wrapped. 
He plugged it in and voila, it looked magical. Because with lights, you can do that. You don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't matter because once it's all lit up, it's, you know, that's how it is. So you could dress a star, you could dress a circle, you know, the topiary white. You've got old chicken wire, you could put a pattern on it. Oh, I do love fairy lights in the garden. It. It looked amazing, Ray, yeah. and I'm pretty sure everyone there is going home to check on their old baskets <laughs> yeah, and see what um, they can turn yeah, into make, a lovely ornament. Make these beautiful balls, and then you balls. can hang it right. Get like a uh, one of those metal hangers and hang it up somewhere if yeah. you want to. In your you can hang or... if it's a solar light, you can hang it high up in a tree. So yeah. their their uh, whole street, Dunrussell Street in Wembley Downs. The, the lights are on. You know, the whole cul-de-sac does the lights. Isn't and it nice? you can walk up and down the street. To have a you street. can see these balls hanging in a tuit tree that's 10 metres high or more. Mm. So isn't Amazing. It nice to have a whole street in a suburb dedicated yes. like that. I just love yeah. that. All right. There's only 10 minutes of the show left. We can take your call. 94841927. We shall return. Curtain Radio. You're with Faye and Ray and John this morning on Let's Talk Gardening. (laughs) And we've just had three more emails come in. So we've got an email from Teresa and she has two orange trees that have produced great oranges for the first time covered in black soot. Uh, One tree has big black ants, the other has small ants and she's tried everything to get rid of them including grease around the trunk, uh, masking tape backwards on the trunk and even fly trap tape mm. they just run over the top they do they'll sacrifice one and that'll die use and then they'll use it as, as a bridge, a bridge. Oh. Mm. clever critters uh, another solution is a mix of borax and honey or borax and icing sugar and the ants are attracted to the sweetness they ingest it and it blows up inside of them i have heard that that is effective nice but if mm. you just want to make a barrier to it i did see on a well, really, the children's version of Mythbusters, where they tested all various things, you know, talcum powder, cinnamon and everything, and nothing worked. They just put a little streak of olive oil and the ants approach it, touch it with their antenna, and they race away to clean themselves. They will not cross. Mm, so, oil. so I've tried it on my fig tree at home. Spray olive oil just around the base. The ants will not cross it. Is that interesting, John? Mm, Yeah. For a while. And may I say, Let's Talk Gardening is sponsored by Safety Bay Settlements, settling and transferring properties across WA since 1977. And Rita of Maidavale phoned in, wishing the team a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and a thank you. Well, right back at you, Rita. We appreciate that. And we forgot, we we did this fabulous. well, I think it was we a nice sure high, did. high tea yes. at Faye's house during the year. And Lynn sent in a great email and she just said uh, she's especially enjoyed, enjoyed the show this year. It's a must for her every Saturday. And her highlight was attending uh, the high tea garden party. And she will miss the show for the rest of the year, but looks forward to us resuming in 2024, January 20, 2024. Okay, and she's wishing us a great, happy new Christmas and New Year and right back to you as well Lynn and thank you for reminding us about sure. that there's so many things go on honestly uh, the the high tea was fantastic oh, Radiothon right. high it, tea well, that we did. it was so many people involved to make it what it was absolutely on the day. 
And uh, thanks uh, on behalf of Joan in Gosnells, we did receive flowers that look like a hydrangea and the photos were taken in Kings Park. At this point, we don't know what it is, but we will Mm. endeavour to find that out. And the seedlings that are being grown by Kenny Greenwood looks like the castor oil plant or Batsia japonica leaf. But right, leave it with me, Ken. I'll see what I can find out. We'll get to the bottom of that for you as well, John. Talk to us. What else can you tell us about this year? well, if you want to hear about my cooking. <laughs> yeah. Well, what have we got? Just share with the listeners what we've got for our morning tea today. Uh, well, I was wandering through the Woolworths magazine for December, as I is my one. I get the Coles and Woolies ones. Yeah, they and, have great stuff. And I get an online yeah. version of one from Aldi. They all have terrific recipes. They just have really simple uh, jam drop biscuit, only instead of jam, you use uh, fruit mints. From fruit mm, mince pie sounds decadent, and okay. uh, yeah, I, I did try one yesterday, and I like it. Yeah, you <laughs> love fruit mince. But, yeah, I, I try to do something different. There's a lot of, you know, forty odd recipes. <laughs> you just well, incredible what you do. What day. I did love this year was the coronation quiche. That was my favourite. I think. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah, and and we both said off air the Sahara dessert. dessert. That's something I, I'm planning. <laughs> Cannot to, be beaten. I'm planning to do one this year to take to my sister's place on Christmas Day as a dessert, in, instead of the traditional Christmas pudding. I or think so. That sort of thing. I think it's nicer. So mm. uh, yes, it's, I'm glad you, you know, mm. wrote me into that one. <laughs> <laughs> but whilst we have you here, thank you for everything that you do all Our year pleasure. round, and even yeah. I know over the breaks, and so it. it it doesn't stop, and uh, we appreciate your diligence uh, with what you do for us and for the gardening show and for the listeners. I still want to know how many different guests we had on during the year, John, because I did make a bit of an effort to rope in people that we hadn't had before. Right. If I had my computer here, I could tell you. <laughs> I don't be- doubt because it. Because I, I keep all the statistics of everybody. Mm. and Yeah, e- even the... The things that come through on our running sheets, which phone numbers, what they are, what their specialities, just as well and sometimes. Sort of and uh, yes, yeah, so I've, I've got, I do have them all listed, but off the top of my head, I haven't done a count. <laughs> okay, well, what and, else and, have you got there in your little list of stats oh, for us? That, I, I think that's about it. I've got the the emails we've talked about, the guests, uh, mm-hmm. prizes, okay. suggestions, cooking my life really <laughs> <laughs> this is your life yeah. so, so we are off air now for the next few weeks yep. right. how can listeners access the podcast because I know a lot of them may not have done you know have tried before but what are some of the easiest ways Ray how do you look at the podcast or uh, listen one of the ways is to go to the Curtain FM website And on the home page, up the top, it says programs. You click on that button. There's a drop-down bar and you click on Let's Talk Gardening. That takes you to our podcast and there is a scrolling, and you'll see it, there is a scrolling arrow to the side of the list of programs and you can go up and down and go back a long way now because I don't know how many podcasts we've got. uh, More than two years worth. Yeah, Yeah, and loads and loads of information there. Uh, there. I was going to make a note, but I think we're up to about 191 podcasts. And I think um, 
Graham George was telling us that our podcasts uh, and are listened are the most listened to on the website or something like that. It wasn't mm. it recently that we really yes. we got a little pat on the back. We got a little pat on the back, which doesn't happen very often, so we'll take it. All now, right. what, what I do is I have an app on my phone for podcasts. So right. there's Podbean and there's a couple of others. So you can actually get an app and then you can go to any of the podcasts. But you also put up links to Apple Podcasts. So yes. you can just yes. Google if you want to do it that way. Right. And and if anybody is on Facebook, they can go to our Let's Talk Gardening page. And each week I put a quick, quick you know, synopsis. synopsis of what was on the show, links to both the our website and Apple and a picture of whatever I've cooked that week. <laughs> you do. I always comment. And let's thank our beautiful Bev Daring. Uh, she is a garden show producer extraordinaire, brilliant on the phones. We re- I rely on her very heavily. She never makes an error. She's just on the ball, that lady, and uh, we love her dearly. And uh, so we mm-hmm. are we are a team, and we thank our listeners so, so very much for the last 12 months. I've got a lot of gardenisms, but I think I'll just leave my gardenism to one, okay? Now, Joy is what happens to us when we allow ourselves to recognise how good things really are. And That's it is lovely. very, very good. Joy. Joy at is, Christmas. And we have a lot of joy out there and we live in one of the best countries in the world and we have so much to be grateful for. George Minoldi will keep you entertained now with the classic 60s. Then we go country with Brendan T and Born in Boots. We will be back on the 20th of January and happily to do it all again, bigger and better in 2024. We have plans, do we not, Fayakaro? Till then, our dearest gardening friends, thank you for your company this year. It's always our privilege to bring you Let's Talk Gardening. Keep safe. Have a pleasant Christmas. Don't get your tinsel in a tangle. And we'll be chatting again in the new year. Happy gardening, everybody. Lots of love. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.